bird. It's a plane. Well, hello, beautiful. Listen up, casual. You've got a plan. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Game over, man. <laughs> Hey, everyone, and listen up, casuals. Uh, We got a special show tonight, and I'm Rocco. And this is Chris. And we are here with an episode titled, Why So Serious? And I was going to do an impression there, but there's no way I would do justice to, you know, Heath Ledger. So I'm just not even going to bother. I want it by the end of the show, though. So (laughs) work it out. I'll try. I'll rehearse. I'll rehearse during the commercial breaks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but with that being said, what makes tonight even more special is listen up casuals. We are, have our first ever guest. I'm the and first. You are the first. And that's oh Bob God. from gutsy media podcast. He is our first ever guest, our celebrity guest. And we're just very excited to have him. Hey, everybody. Bob, real I, quick. Um, you'll have plugs later, but tell us, you know, where are you from? What, what show do you do? I do Gutsy Media Podcast on the DFAT Entertainment Network of podcasts, and uh, I have the pleasure of being invited to all sorts of executive events with these two guys, and we just hit it off, and we started a relationship, and uh, now we're thinking about getting a vacation home together. I don't know. I can't wait. I can't wait, and I've been looking at the ads. Um, so so uh, Chris and I talked about this a while ago. Uh, one of the most prolific villains across media is the Joker. And then Chris said, Hey, you know, who's a huge fan of the Joker. His name is Bob and we do a lot of podcasts (laughs) with him. So we should probably have him on this episode. And I was like, I am, I'm so down. So as per usual, listen up casuals, we're going to talk about comic books. We're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about where they coincide and where they separate. So uh, buckle your seatbelt because this is going to be uh, hilarious and very, very scary. (laughs) So, yeah, so let's let's jump right into it. Let's start. Let's talk a little bit about the comics. I'd like to. Uh, I'm going to bring up the origin, uh, and then Rocco is going to tell you a little bit about what's happening with the Joker currently in, in the books. So, uh, in 1940, Batman number one came out, and the Joker was created by Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and Jerry uh, Robinson. Uh, so, throughout the years, he's definitely evolved, uh, and I think we all have our favorite versions from the comics. Probably many different ones. And even even up to, I believe it was during the New 52 leading into the Rebirth Age, there was a, this idea of three Jokers, uh, which we can touch on uh, later on with the, the Gotham version. But there's always been this idea that the Joker never had an origin. He was just this mysterious character out of nowhere. Uh, and, that's, and that's where we are today. So Rocco, fill us in about what's happening currently with the Crime Prince of Crime. The clown prince. prince of crime. Yes, Absolutely. So with the comics, there's actually a lot going on with the Joker right now outside of his own run, um, which is pretty awesome for the Joker to have his own run right now. And it's very different. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, if you are reading the comics currently, you might want to pause here, fast forward uh, to the movie talk, because there are going to be some spoilers. So I'm just, you know, listen up casuals. If you're planning on listening or reading these comics, maybe don't listen right now, but fast forward to a later portion of the show. But anyway, um, we have Batman Catwoman right now, um, which is an excellent, um, like three way, not really a love triangle, a relationship triangle between Batman and Catwoman and Joker and Catwoman. 
And right now, uh, Selena Kyle old with Bruce Wayne, who has passed away due to, you know, we don't really know why, but he's it's we're assuming because he's old. Um, she is just put under arrest by Commissioner Dick Grayson for murdering the Joker. And we all <laughs> fucking know she did it. <laughs> and so just that's what's happening right now. Batman Catwoman. So Joker's dead. Um, and the way she kills him in the first issue is actually really freaking awesome. Yes. Is it is this like written noir style? I haven't read this one yet. Um, kinda, I guess. Chris, what are you definitely say? takes it takes different takes place in different times, right, Rocco? It's uh, three different times. So the first time they meet during their relationship, and now they're old age, and it's Batman and Catwoman's relationship. Gotcha. It's kind of okay. an out of continuity story. It's it happens, uh, but it also is kind of a, its own tale. It's written by Tom King, who had just uh, got. I was the one before Tinian. I guess he did the very long run on Batman, but I, this also involves a phantasm who yes. uh, from mask, the phantasm. Mm-hmm. This is the very first time. I love that addition. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's Batman Catwoman right now. That's one of my favorite things I'm reading period. Um, next, uh, a big event in DC comics was Joker war. And that's when the Joker actually was able to seize Bruce Wayne's entire bank account and all of his uh, Batman toys and pretty much just take over the entire city. Um, the ending of that was wild. Uh, it's called Joker War, and it spanned almost all of DC Comics in the world of Gotham City. Um, it was awesome. Um, the ending of Joker War um, brings us to Fear State, which is currently what's happening. Um, Fear State Joker is gone, but it's the aftermath of what's called A-Day. And A-Day was a terrorist attack on Arkham asylum and all signs point to the joker doing it and so the investigation of that and scarecrow has taken over the city using fear uh it's actually very relevant to today uh which is pretty wild and but the joker's nowhere to be found and we're going to talk about that in a second um let me mention something real quick please uh the lead what this leads into is uh future state uh, which rock and i talked about uh back on an old episode of tally talk but future state was a great uh event that that could be future and all those gotham books are really solid and now we're seeing kind of the stepping stones to what happens during that time yes and just a a quick future state is there's now a fascist government in gotham called the magistrate in the future and they not only take out criminals but they take out masked vigilantes and they are there because of what Scarecrow is doing right now in Gotham. Um, the, t- the city of Gotham doesn't know what to do. The police can't handle the vigilantes. So they hire the magistrate and ipso facto, they become a fascist government. Um, but anyway, check that out. Um, but what's really wild that's happening kind of concurrently a little bit to fear state is Joker, the comic called the Joker and number seven dropped today. I'm going to put it up on the screen again. Um, so the Joker number seven dropped today. Um, uh, this really should be called uh, commissioner Gordon, this whole run um, reason being is Gordon actually is no longer commissioner. He is, tasked by some weird shadowy society to go find the Joker who they found out is in South America and now Europe. And they said, uh, Gordon, we're not asking you to arrest him. We're asking you to kill him. After the A-Day attacks, Joker flees Gotham. The reason Joker leaves Gotham and the reason he tells us in the books is he did not commit A-Day. But he knows that there, someone's going to want to kill him. 
And so he flees to South America, has an excellent back and forth with Gordon. And then he, Gordon fails and he's off to, uh, to Europe. And now they're in Paris hunting the Joker down. Um, it's an excellent, excellent book. And it's wild that you kind of feel like Joker's telling the truth that he actually didn't commit these acts and he's actually running for his life, which is awesome. And then lastly, but not leastly in the comic book world is Suicide Squad Get Joker, which is a three part black label, big book, um, you know, uh, series. And the Red Hood has been tasked to lead Suicide Squad to get the Joker And the reason being is that Red Hood and the Joker have a connection and Harley Quinn is obviously part of that group and they are hunting the Joker down. And let's just say S hits the fan really, really hard for the Suicide Squad. They with Joker, they didn't even see it coming. And if you are a fan of Suicide Squad and the Joker, you will not see it coming either. And it is the last page of the first issue. Second issue came out last week. Um, just as awesome. Um, so again, read that if you haven't read that. Yes, Chris. Quick question. Uh, the writer on Joker uh, is Titty in the Fourth, right? And um, also, that's correct. Okay, cool. That's yeah. He's been also writing Batman, and then Brian Azzarello is writing Get Joker. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. Excellent, excellent books. Now, I know, you know, kind of in in the green room, if you will, um, Bob, you were mentioning, you know, you you were showing us uh, the killing joke. Yes. Um, You know, obviously pertinent to the comics, um, instead of listening to my nasally voice this entire show. Um, What is your experience regarding the comic books? Uh, that's a great question. So um, my my first introduction to Joker actually wasn't really even in the comic books. Um, I, I was a huge fan of the Tim Burton movie, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, yes. But Jack Nicholson became my favorite actor um, because of that movie. And I, I got hooked on the character. And the more I learned about him, you know, not having a backstory and just the things that set him apart from other villains, specifically in the comic book um, you know, lore, made me really drawn to him um so when i started picking up comic books the joker comic books were some of the first ones i went to and i, and I still own some of them um he's just such an interesting character to write and i love when he's written from like another person's perspective so somebody else is telling his story um because it really is about you know the, the amount of lives that the joker affects is kind of what draws me to him it's it's fantastic that you said that because i read um, Suicide Squad get Joker number two today in, in preparation for the show. And the Red Hood has a, uh, an inner monologue of how it feels when the Joker enters any room. And it was such a great read because it was just like you, it puts you there. And you were just like, wow, I never would have thought of it that way. The amount of excitement and fear um, that comes out, but that's wild. Um, Chris, I know you had mentioned three Jokers as the comic, um, the the kind of pseudo sequel to the Killing Joke, which in my mind is the, my favorite comic um, regarding the Joker because uh, it was just twisted, deranged, and the last joke at the end was just wildly inappropriately funny. Um, after all that, but anyway, you know, you mentioned three Jokers. No, absolutely. It just it was something that had been in the works for so long. And because there's so many reboots and and whatnot in comics over like a five-year span, some things get lost in translation. So 
originally i think like scott snyder had set up another joker in his run uh jeff johns was really starting to try to put that whole story together so it's a really interesting concept that they would especially with the multiverse that they would do something like that i think it's i think it's smart uh it's scary at the same time <laughs> but uh it's 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 exciting that a character like this and bob you know you say he's not he's he's unlike a lot of other uh, villains that we know in comics and he's basically been uh, he has been copied in in the 80 years that he's been around right and you can't you can't fix you can't match that because if you do it's a it's a carbon copy and the fact that he's so insane uh and the opposite of batman it's it's the perfect antagonist yeah, I mean, I think we're going through such a, uh, a generation now of the anti-hero, you know, characters like the Punisher becoming more and more popular. And uh, the Joker has really stayed true to the fact that he is evil. And and what's even more deranged about him, and I think what sets him apart and makes him a little scarier than everybody else, is that he has no motivation for being like this. At mm-hmm. least none, none that we know of. You know, like uh, Rocco, you mentioned, there's no backstory to him. You don't know why he wants to see the world burn. He just does. And that's what kind of makes him scary. You know, I'm, it's funny. I'm, I'm currently re-watching The Sopranos and it's we, when you talk about Joker entering, entering a room it really is like like uh, the Godfather, like the, the the Tony Soprano, you don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to crack a joke? Is he going to kill somebody? I mean, Heath Ledger's performance, you know, with the pencil trick is really, it, that's what encompasses the Joker vibe is that he is just one tall, skinny guy, but you, 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 you fear him. Exactly. And it, just to talk even a little bit more about that, that book, I just read the suicide squad, get Joker you know, his twistedness is not just always physical, but it is also severely psychological, almost uncomfortable for the reader. Um, And just briefly, there is a scene in this where the Suicide Squad meets the Joker in a strip club and they're genuinely afraid of him because of who he is. And so Joker gets up on stage and says that his ex is here because Harley's on the Suicide Squad and forces her to strip for him on and the rest of the patrons on stage and the way it was written made me so uncomfortable and even red hood was like you don't like you don't need to do this and she's like no you know they're he's gonna kill all of us and and it was just so again it's so uncomfortable but you can't stop but continue to read yeah well said it's it's wild it's wild um god i felt like there was something else um comic book wise this is this is good conversation because this is going to play in later when we rank our jokers this is what i'm comparing it to i'm looking at these actors and i'm saying how well do they represent this which Mm -hmm. is the persona that i've grown to know the the, from the comic books i think it's also worthwhile to mention that you've always we've seen the memes of like all the different jokers in what they what they are the gangster or the psychopath etc and i think that's also the beauty of it that there hasn't been much replication of one i guess acting of the joker that that what did i put here there's over 250 productions featuring the joker which Mm -hmm. is insane Mm -hmm. 
absolutely absolutely i mean he is a he is a not only a, a villain he's a pop culture sensation too you know he's he's permeated every facet of of subculture um you know whether he is lauded or you know people are afraid of him like i love the joker but i don't look up to him <laughs> there's a there's a very there's a very staunch difference there if you're looking up to him you've missed the point of the story but it's okay <laughs> to it's okay to love him as a character. I, I adore that. He's, he's my second favorite villain of all time. My first favorite villain is Darth Vader. It's always going to be, but like literally right under that is the Joker. And he always will be no one. No one's going to top those two. So funny. You say that. Cause it's just like those, the people that are like, Oh, our, I want our relationship to be like Joker and Harley. Oh, you do. <laughs> no, you don't. No. Yeah, Bob. You idolize that. <laughs> I just, I just want to point out. I know it's a version of Bruce Wayne, but I do want to point out that they did uh, some remarkable stuff with the the Batman Who Laughs and that whole dark metal storyline. That was some of the most impressive writing that I've seen in a long time. And and that, well, again, it's a version of Batman or Bruce Wayne. It, it was a good amalgamation of two iconic characters. It's funny. I. You could you could say it's the Joker, right? I read an Elseworlds tale. It's one of my favorite ones from a child. It was called Speeding Bullets. It's what happened if if Clark Kent would have ended up in Gotham instead as Batman, and Lex Luthor ends up being the Joker. And it's like he's the big the big larger one from the from the nineties. And it was just like it's a weird thing. It just anybody could turn into this into this psychopath on any earth. And how is that interpretation told? exactly and and guys i I, i'll give you a third flashpoint joker with martha martha wayne like i i didn't i never saw that coming but when they explained it it made sense especially being a parent yeah like that dad would go psycho one way and mom would go psycho the other and and it's just that was incredible so yeah i mean the way they use this character way this character has been used i mean it's amazing stuff. It's absolutely amazing stuff. But I think, why don't we get into all of the live action portrayals? Um, well, not all live action. There is one animated, but there's we have to talk about him because he's quintessential. But anyway, um, so let's start uh, with our list here. So Cesar Romero. Um, Chris, do you, what do you know about Cesar Romero? I know that I grew up on a lot of Batman 60s TV shows, uh, TV episodes. I, it, it was probably my staple after, you know, Batman 89. I, I know I watched the Batman show even before that, but I was, I was young. So, but that sees Romero was always the clown. He is very much the Joker to me, but he's the clown. It was a goofy show. Um, still one of my favorite movies. Uh, but at the same time, it was just, it was a different time. It was definitely more reminiscent probably of the origin, the real origins of the Joker from the forties up to the sixties. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in a weird age group. I mean, I'm a mid eighties baby. And as a mid eighties baby, I did watch this show in black and white and in color when I was very young I remember the show. I remember the Batcave. I remember Cesar Romero. I remember his mustache being painted white over. I remember all of that stuff, Um, you know, but I don't have an in-depth of him. Um, Bob, what about you and Cesar Romero? 
so this is this is great because I actually did not watch this as a kid. Um, I, I didn't get really hooked on Batman until after the Dark Knight Returns was written. So my Batman has always been the dark, brooding Batman. Um, and when I got into Batman and I started seeing, you know, obviously in pop culture, the Adam West, uh, you know, references and stuff like that, I always kind of appreciated the fact that, you know, thank God I missed that and that corniness. <laughs> but we recently uh, got rid of uh, the the satellite and we have just the antenna and our local channels play this Batman on Sunday mornings. And my two boys found this and now every Sunday morning we watch this together and watching a seven and a five-year-old get into Batman with Adam West and Cesar Romero is amazing because yeah, one, it's not dark. The kids love it. And Batman really is the star of the show. So you don't get a Joker that's over the top or out in front. It's very much villain of the week. And uh, how do we make Batman look good? So I, I love it. I, I, I think it's hilarious that Cesar Romero didn't want to shave, save his mustache, but um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love watching this now, especially my boys. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I'll give my rating first. Um, there are seven total jokers we're going to be discussing today. Um, out of seven, Romero was five for me. And that's just because, you know, I just think that other actors played him better in terms of how I feel versus the comics. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but I also don't think Cesar Romero was the worst joker. I think he has a little OG clout. Um, because of who he is. So I'm going to put him at five. Chris, what about you? I put him at four because of, I guess, the effect it had on my childhood and just remembering uh, and, and just still loving it to this day. I'm very excited for like the new McFarland Batman 66 figures, you know? So it's still in the zeitgeist. I appreciate all of DC from its corniness to the darkness. Right on, right? Hell yeah. Bob, what about you? I put him at three. I love Cesar Romero. I, I think that although he doesn't play the Joker we know today. He really is the first live action Joker. And he, he set it up. He took the role relatively seriously other than the mustache thing. And if you, if you go back and watch those episodes now, uh, he's, he's putting a tone on the character that I think is right for the time. So I, I gave it the three. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome guys. Thanks. Chris, do you want to take the next one? I do. I do. So I, I vividly remember seeing Batman 89 in theaters. I, my dad took me, it was right around Christmas time, I believe. Uh, and so the Jack Nicholson Joker is probably the first real like dark Joker I experienced. Uh, I don't remember reading the comics before that. I, I definitely read more like bright and colorful comics and things like that. Um, I, you know, as an adult now, I look back on those times and the Tim Burton films were just a piece of like movie making magic uh, from the practical effects mm -hmm. to the acting and just they re he really made his own Batman world. And there's a lot of arguments that be made against it. But I as a kid, it was the best thing ever and just totally launched my, you know, my fandom for Batman uh, and Jack Nicholson's Joker was very Cesar Romero to me like I think that he did a good job like an homage to that but then he brought in the more gangster side of the Joker and the psychopath uh so I like that transition especially getting a little bit older and just seeing the differences yeah I Jack and Nicholson for me is is just like I think Bobby said is being one of your favorite actors after that yeah me too um I remember like go, wanting to go watch more Jack Nicholson movies after that like 
Cuckoo's Nest and and more. So just great stuff. Uh, great actor. And I'm, it's so awesome that he was able to put his, his stamp on that role. Absolutely, man. Uh, I was scared of that Joker. I was a kid. I was very young. And I was genuinely terrified that his face was stuck that way. And I absolutely loved, you know, him fighting Batman on the, the top of that. I believe it was a church. And uh, that scene always gets me. And I still laugh to this day where he reaches into his jacket, put, grabs a pair of like really dorky glasses and puts them on. He says, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Like he was just at, at every ridiculous thing, every gag you could possibly do to like curry Batman's favor because Batman was about to beat the shit out of him. And uh, I, I love that. Bob, what are your thoughts, man? This is, like I said, this is my introduction to to the Joker and to Batman. And I remember distinctly um, the movie opening up with uh, Bugs Bunny and a little skit. And then it gets dark and Batman, the, the opening scene is Batman confronting the two criminals and the one guy, mm-hmm. you know, don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. I, I remember Batman being the one that's causing the fear and somebody's begging for their life, but he's also the guy we're supposed to be rooting for. And it was like, oh, I'm not supposed to be afraid of him. I'm on his side. And it kind of brought you into like, oh, I'm, I'm part of the shadows with him. And Jack Nicholson did a great job. And Chris, you hit the nail on the head. He's the transition. He's the mm-hmm. transition from Cesar Romero to our more, you know, Heath Ledger and, and Jared Leto down the road. He's, he's a good mix of fear and kind of not taking himself too seriously. Um, he, it's an iconic Joker is an iconic Batman. Uh, Tim Burton should have been given the third movie. We also should have seen uh, Nicolas Cage as Superman. I then seen the crossover. That would have been amazing, but that's a, that's a whole nother podcast. I agree. Well, right on. So, so I guess with that being said, Bob, where did you put Nicholson? Nicholson is number four for me. Okay. Okay. I had Nicholson as number three um, to me. His performance to this day is, is still legendary. Chris number three, right on. on. Okay. Okay. Let's do one more before we go to break, but this one, uh, I I need, I'm going to introduce and I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Uh, The Joker. I know uh, I grew up with when I read the Joker comics, the voice in my head, when I read the Joker comics, it is another, no other than Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill really, really defined all of the Jokers for me um, with his animated version. In Batman, the animated series, I should not have watched it the age that I watched it at, but I'm glad that I did. Um, I'm watching it now. I watch a few episodes a day, and it's just like, this is really adult-themed. Like, this is a little much, Um, but I love it. It still holds up, and his... I mean, his Joker was incredible. And not only that, but we're looking at him for the Arkham series. Some of the best video games, not just Batman games, but video games I've ever played. The best games. I mean, game of the year multiple times. And I mean, he was a perfect Joker. I I don't even know what, can somebody help me out here? I don't even know what else to say. There's not much more I could say about him. We can just go to the next one. (laughs) He, I mean, there's nothing, like you said, he is the most iconic Joker there is. He's the voice that everybody hears. That that voice is so 
amazing how, how if you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff on how he got to that voice and and the different combinations he used it really does present the character uh in the light of somebody that you both fear and and feel like might make you laugh as well um it's it's iconic and that's why he's asked to come back time and time again to voice that character it's i mean and just some of the humor too you laugh but it's messed up like in Arkham City, he, you know, what did he say uh, to Batman? No, he's uh, it was Arkham uh, Arkham Knight. He says, don't play me, Bats. I was aiming for her head. And we all knew that he was talking about Batgirl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and like all you had to do is read the killing joke. And you, but again, that when you know what happens in the killing joke, what he does to Batgirl, which is vile. Right. Yeah. But you can still laugh that he says that. But it's still terrifying. Chris, you look like you had something to say. I I just call, called a counselor for you since you're laughing at that. But <laughs> right, yeah, they'll they'll be in touch. Um, no awesome. man, I this is the thing. I've always believed that Batman should be a serial. I I love Batman movies with all my heart, but two hours, three hours, it's not enough for me. It's Batman's one of those things where the characters need to be fleshed out. They need more stories and they need more exposure to the to the audience and when the joker is able to continuously be the joker and and do these practical jokes these dark practical jokes that he does and actually play out the full character um there was nothing else like what mark Mark hamill did um he luke skywalker the joker two huge you know important characters from our childhood that still affect our pop culture zeitgeist today um, yeah, go ahead, Bob. That's one of my favorite things. If you look at Mark Hamill's career, I mean, he's becomes utterly infamous playing Luke Skywalker. And then for a large portion of time, Star Wars becomes kind of like the geeky thing that nobody talks about. You know, during <laughs> the 90s, it wasn't very popular. And he goes on to become iconic as the Joker. And then Star Wars comes all the way back around. I mean, it's insane. I don't I don't want to I don't want to take over the show. But does anybody not have him as number one? I mean, can we just say that? Yeah, no, it's my I, one. he's my one. Of course he is. <laughs> I, I we mean, can sit here. We could have a whole show about him. Honestly, we, we really could. You're absolutely right. So I'm. I'm just happy to know that I'm with a group of guys putting him at number one. So <laughs> right on, right on. So uh, with that being said, we're going to be right back with more um, awesome Joker talk. So uh, don't touch that dial. We got a read here for Ridley's Gaming Realm. This is a great place to buy, sell, trade, or discuss video games. This is a secured Facebook group with 1,500 members and climbing. Now, the big thing is is that with a lot of these buy, sell, trade video game groups on Facebook, there's a lot of scams, a lot of people that'll take their money and, and, and never send you the product. Well, they are proud to say that they have zero reported scams ever in this group. So be sure to check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. Whether you're looking to grow your collection or get uh, that new game that's been tough to find, make sure that you check out Ridley's Gaming Realm. You go to Facebook.com and search for Ridley's Gaming Realm. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama. Okay. Senator Obama. 
Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is perfect this is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. Defat Comics is the publishing branch of Don'tForgetATowel.com, the only place to travel geekly. Focusing on creator-owned and independent titles like Hollowed, Pursuit of Plastic, and Fairy, and many more. Defat Comics will be a mix of genres appealing to every kind of reader. Join the new source of comic book entertainment with Defat Comics. Listen up, casuals. We're back, and we are talking about the Joker. And we have Bob from Gutsy Media Podcast on today as a special guest. And we are just about at the halfway point of our top seven uh, from the live action and animated world. So we've already talked about Cesar Romero, Jack Nicholson, and Mark Hamill. But next up is Heath Ledger. And this is this is one for the ages. Uh, if If Mark Hamill would have not been, you know, the Joker... <laughs> This is this is probably mine. Uh, I had always loved Heath Ledger, honestly, as an actor. I, I enjoyed his movies even up to this. And even as a Heath Ledger fan, when he was cast as the Joker, I was just kind of taken back by it. Uh, it didn't really seem like a really good matchup. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give people a chance. And man, what a what a role. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't say i can't think of another character that was so off the pages but also something unique um i mean i really felt live action wise he was the closest to the comics he but he was also the closest to what i felt would be mark hamill's rendition on the animated series i don't i'm not saying exactly alike i'm saying closest um there have been videos online where they've actually replaced ledger with Hamill in the dark night and it works. So to me, that is an even bigger homage to what Heath Ledger did um, to be able to just in- interchangeably replace them. Ledger. I was a fan of his from 10 things I hate about you yeah. when he was cast as the Joker. That's what I thought of. And I was like, I don't under, I don't even understand this casting. I was so blown away by the performance um, we were robbed of not only a great person's life, but I mean, as fans, there were supposed to be five movies and he was supposed to be in all of them. And we, we lost such a talent. Um, I, I can't, you know, Bob, what do you think? Uh, so I am, I do not disagree with anything that you guys have said. Um, but I do also want to give kudos to that, the writing, um, for that movie, that, that introduction opening scene with the bank robbery is so iconic in, in introducing us to that character. And when he takes off the mask and you see the paint, it's amazing. Um, I, I will say that I thought his choice of voice for the Joker, um, probably could have been the only improvement, uh, in my opinion, but, it's such an iconic movie and it's such an iconic role. And yes, definitely taken uh, before uh, he should have been, unfortunately. Right. And 
I, I want you to keep going, but I had to, I had to toss this in there. Um, what I loved is that opening scene that you said about um, was their homage to Cesar Romero, the mask that he's holding in the first shot where he's standing at the corner is the first time we meet Cesar Romero's Joker in the, in the original 1960s show, they take off that exact mask and Cesar Romero's Joker is underneath it. Um, and the fact that they, that Christopher Nolan knew enough to choose that mask to open up the, sh- the whole movie. Wild, wild. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you look at you're mentioning the writing Bob and and we're talking about Christopher Nolan and then we fast forward because Heath Ledger passes away we get a, a third movie which is yeah and then that's kind of it but then Christopher Nolan jumps on Man of Steel and is writing that movie which was supposed to be part of that world so it just all of that fell apart really fast unfortunately and I really wish that maybe things could have gone differently because that that was the it was the best batman interpretation honestly that we've gotten uh i'm not a huge fan of of bale's uh bruce wayne but i've always always wished for more and more detective work in my my batman movies but they always have to be big and and whatnot so i'm that's what i'm hoping for the batman but back to the movie the dark dark knight what was it 2006 i mean yeah, I think so. We we're we we're just really getting into that comic book, that comic book movie uh uh time. And you know, the MCU was just starting to kick off. Uh we had experienced early 2000s, and then all of a sudden we got this movie. This movie was different from every comic book movie, even Batman Begins. Batman Begins mm-hmm. is a comic book movie. This is not you could take the characters out of this movie, and it would be one of the greatest heist movies you've ever watched in your life, or a crime movie, or whatever you want to say. So I, I'm a huge fan of this movie and Ledger's performance only made it that much better for me. It, it's, it's so iconic. And the scenes, you know, where he talks about, you know, not hitting somebody in the face cause they get woozy with those kind of like cracking jokes, the clapping when Gordon gets promoted, that was improvised. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. It's just such, such great acting. Um, it was his idea to do his own makeup in the morning because Joker would have to do his own makeup and he'd leave the paint on his hands during the, during the scene. I mean, just little stuff like that is just, it, it takes his performance to an entirely new level. Exactly. Also having the wherewithal and, and understanding to, first of all, the licking of the lips where the cuts were, that made it more realistic to me because like they're always there and they always are like bothering him. So he's always like licking them. And I think that that really, really lent to us believing that he really cut his mouth open. Um, We are able to suspend that this is an actor and all of a sudden this is a a real living, breathing um, character. Um, to your point on the, the comedy, you know, making the pencil disappear was both brutal and hilarious. Absolutely. Um, but then we look at we, we a, a big kind of theme of our show has been Joker's backstory or lack thereof. And the fact that he actually gives his backstory multiple times in this movie and every backstory he gives is different. It's just someone that understands the character, whether it's in the writing or whether it's in the acting. We're talking about someone that really, really understood the Joker, whether or not it was a carbon copy of the comic. It wasn't, but it was someone who understood this character, what needed to be said and done. And 
you know, I don't even know. Like one of my favorite scenes is when he's waltzes into the party at Bruce Wayne's um, uh, villa or his loft. That's it. And he's like, we are tonight's entertainment. And just like, you know, the way he's grabbing food and, and grabbing champagne and he spills half of it. And when he goes to pour it into his mouth, it's like mostly missing. He kind of looks at the glass and half sets it down. So it falls. And just these little nuanced things. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just, again, what a, what a tragic loss. I, I don't even know what we would have gotten from Heath Ledger. If, if he would have, you know, still been alive today, it would have been, probably some amazing uh, acting. I, I want to go on record though and say that I am one of the few people I like do uh, dark Knight um, returns or the third one rises rises. Thank I you. liked it too. I thought it was a good movie. I enjoy Bane. I think he's a good character. And honestly, I like the voice. So, uh, but I get, I get shit from Casey all the time for that. It's, but when you, when you follow up the dark Knight and it's, it's not, you know, it definitely is not as well constructed as that movie. I like, I like Tom Hardy's Bane. I love that they, they parried it on Harley Quinn. It's one of the funniest things I, you know, it's just, it's, it has its point. It has its moments, but in, in the end it's, it was, it just didn't do it for me because maybe, maybe we just lost that momentum with, without Ledger. Maybe Nolan was like, I'm done. I don't know. That's sad. Absolutely. And listen up casuals. If you want to read Christopher Nolan's inspiration for these films, read Batman, the long Halloween and the sequel dark victory. If uh, there, I I bought these special editions that actually the beginning is Christopher Nolan and Oh my God, his like partner that assisted who was with him in the movies. I can't remember his name was Christopher Nolan and Goyer. David Goyer. Yeah. Yeah. The two of them each have like little essays that they write before you read the book. And it talks about their inspiration was this book. He will give David Goyer so much shit these days. I don't like he has some flops, but look what he's done. He's written some of the best superhero epics that we've had yet and more. So I've always been a fan of David Goyer for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So casuals read the long Halloween. If you're looking to read something in that Christopher Nolan vein, but let's move on to uh, a real polarizing. Where did you guys have Heath Ledger? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. I I I mean, it's, it's obvious. We've already kind of, I alluded to it. Yeah. He's number two. two. Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) So again, great minds think alike. This is a room of people that know this character. Um, (laughs) So uh, moving on, he was very polarizing. Um, I know people that say they loved him. I have people that say they hated him. And we're going to kind of rip him apart or put him back together right now. I don't really know. Um, But that is um, one Jared Leto. Um. his introduction was in the suicide or not the suicide. Wait, no, it was the suicide squad. Yeah, the suicide squad. And no, oh, no, no, it was suicide squad. That's right. The new one was the suicide the squad. The, yeah. I always so get ridiculous. him. Yeah. I always get him flip flopped. But anyway, the first time we saw him was in suicide squad. He had a metal grill. He was covered in tattoos. Um, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. Someone else want to go here? <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get that he's all a mess because Batman beat the shit out of him. All right. Busted his teeth. Uh, put him through the ring or all this stuff. Fine. Whatever. But 
the tattoos, the grill, the getup. This version of the Joker, the look is what I think really bothered me the most because I am a Jared Leto fan and I wanted him to do well in this role. And if David Ayer has footage out there of him being the Joker and being more cohesive in that movie, I'd like to see it. But, but whatever WB did on that cutting floor, they made a shit movie and a horrible introduction for that Joker that you're trying to make a, into the bigger shared MCUS world. That's not how you do it. Come on. I have so much to say about this. I, I'm, I'm overflowing right now. Please. So, so number one, uh, release the air cut. It, it, yes. We gotta see it. And number two, if you look at all of the Batman movies that Warner Bros. has released, I don't think their track record is very good. You need to stop touching things that don't belong to you and just let let the writers and the directors do their thing. I think uh, uh, Zack Snyder proved that. Um, uh, hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Um, here's what I'll say about Jared Leto. I'm not going to sit here and defend that character. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of it. Okay. But what I will say is I love the look. I, I 100% think it's fine. I like the grill, the tattoos. I, I'm not a big fan of his portrayal as more of a gangster versus just an insane person. So that's where he lost me. Um, but I, I also don't think he should got should have gotten as much flack as he did. I don't think his performance is that bad. It didn't ruin the movie. And, and I think it could still go places. In fact, if anything, it's the nightmare cut at the end of the Snyder cut that, that worries me the most because that take with the longer hair and uh, that, that I didn't like. But that's the Yeah, I was right. just going to ask you about that. They clean them all up. They make them look more like the Joker and they take away what they had built to try to sell a new one in the future. Is yeah. that, I, and it's, yeah, it was, I don't know. I'm glad. I, I'm I, disappointed that yeah. Jared Leto's Joker and Harley Quinn, uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn are broken up because I think the two of them together could have done awesome things in a Batman movie with Ben Affleck. Um, and unfortunately we won't get to see that because Warner Brothers doesn't know how to make a good movie if it fucking dropped in their lap. I, I mean, I'm just going to say, it. you know, uh, he's ranked dead last um, mm-hmm. in, in my ranking. And I, I'm simply going to say it's because that was Jared Leto, one of the finest actors in Hollywood. I don't think there's anything I've ever seen of Jared Leto's that I didn't like, except for this movie. In fact, what was that new film he had with Denzel that was little just things. the little things? He was more the Joker in that movie than what that's a good point. That's actually a really good point. Then <laughs> he was as the Joker. And that's why he's dead last because he should have yeah. been better. They should have done it better. I'm disappointed because when I heard Leto was taking over, I was excited. Then I saw the look and I said, what the fuck am I looking at? And then I was like, well, maybe the performance will be good. And I watched it and it was flat. I, Jared, I remember going to a concert in Buffalo. It was at Mickey rats. And it was, it was one of those fests where there's a bunch of bands and it was 30 seconds to Mars. We showed up to the concert a little bit late during their set. And there's Jared Leto climbing up like a maniac onto the set, like 30 feet above and just singing. So I, I've always enjoyed him as a, as a performer and, and more. And I just, like you said, Bob, I, I don't, I don't think he deserves as much flack for this role. I just wish that they would have done the cut 
like yeah. WB had hands off with Christopher Nolan in those movies, mostly. And then what? They start touching the movies all of a sudden, you know? I mean, they're getting better, but it's just you had you had some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, his his performance doesn't work for me, um, but he took a swing and I respect it. Uh, he's number five on my list. All right. Um, and honestly, my my five, six, and seven are going to be somewhat controversial, and I'll do my best to explain them. But here, it's just I don't love the performance, but I respect the swing and I like the look. Number five. Okay. Cool. Where, Chris, where I'm sorry, where'd you have him? Did you say that already? I apologize. Uh, seven. I seven, think you okay. and I shared list or something. It's very possible. It's sounding more and more like it. <laughs> we were like oh. twins, you know, at birth. Who knows? <laughs> um, Chris, why don't you why don't you bring us in on the next one? Let's do it. Uh, Cameron Monaghan. Um, man, th- I didn't know about this dude until Gotham. And we didn't even know if he was going to be the Joker, right? So what was it? It was Jerome and Jeremiah Valeska. Yeah, the brothers. So, during the whole run of Gotham, you're you're seeing this character kind of develop. When he first shows up, you're like, oh, it's the Joker. It's going to be the Joker. Uh, then he dies. So you're like, okay, this is this is weird. Then his brother shows up and it becomes a part of it, but he's more of the mastermind. So then Jerome decides to poison his brother's mind. And then it's all downhill from there until the final episode where maybe the Joker shows up for me what I just said is a bunch of crazy stuff and weird wild stuff, but that was the show Gotham for me. I liked Gotham. Um, it was weird. It reminded me of a dark Batman 66 and they took a lot of liberties, but with this whole thing with the Joker, I just, it was, it was this big weird tease and they were trying to give the Joker an origin story, uh, try to make it more of, more of a mystery, I guess at times, but I don't know. Uh, I I enjoyed the other villains on that show more than I did the whole Jerome and Jeremiah uh, story arc. Like for me, I watched season one and season two of Gotham, um, hoping it was going to get better. Um, and for me, it didn't. So I just watched the last episode and I was that after like I watched season one, season two and then the final episode. Um, I don't think we needed the show. I I want a Gotham show, but I want it on HBO max and I want it to be Batman's first, second or third year, which it sounds like we're going to be getting. Oh yeah. Um, that's the Gotham show we need. And that's the Gotham show I want. I want to see the bat family develop. I want to see commissioner Gordon develop. I want to see this. I want to see Gotham. I don't understand these, these characters and these convoluted stories. I don't need a young Catwoman and a young Ivy who all of a sudden now Ivy is super much older and uh, you know, Victor Zaz isn't such a, I don't know what else it, it just, and then you throw in Cameron Monaghan, you know, you've got shameless, which is one of my favorite shows ever. Um, you, if you've never watched it, watch it. Um, and then Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, he was Kale from Jedi Fallen Order. He was amazing in that um, as, a, as a Padawan. And then we get this Joker is hacked up Joker bullshit um, that I just didn't really understand in Gotham. And I just didn't think that there was a purpose other than to sell it because it might be the Joker and people will tune in, which I guess, you know, corporate America. Here we are. Um uh, Bob, it looks like you're holding back. I just want you, I want you to just let it go. Let it go, uh, baby. Rocco, you say it to me so often. 
Um, listen, <laughs> we must be connected at the brainstem, the, the three of us, because you, you guys hit every point that I wanted to make. Here, here's my issue. I, I also watch Shameless. I love uh, Cameron as a, as an actor. I think he's a really good actor, and I think he's going Incredible. to incredible. Yeah, he's he's going to be big if he's given the right opportunities. The problem with Gotham is I, I don't understand where they get their ideas at Warner Brothers or at HBO um, <laughs> because they don't listen to the fans at all. Give us a bet. Like, what they wanted to do was we're going to exploit the Batman name and give you guys a Gotham TV show, but we're going to do it without a Batman because that makes that makes complete sense. But you know what? I'm on board. Commissioner Gordon, it's going to be kind of, you know, uh, SVU, you know, meets Sherlock Holmes, and I- I'm on board. I'll watch it. And then, like halfway through season two, they say, "Nope, we're going to give you all the characters that you want." But because we've painted ourselves in a corner and made them all children, now you're going to get like what Tiny Toons Adventure meets Gotham. We get a young Joker, a young Scarecrow, a young Catwoman, and young- just give us the older versions like we wanted in the first place. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So with this, you know, listen, I'm not a fan of this version at all. I don't blame the actor. To me, this was shitty writing and, a, and a, not a very well thought out TV show. And it's sad because I think it's possible in the right light, he could have made a good villain, probably not a good Joker, but a good villain mm-hmm. in, in DC. And I don't think he's going to be given the opportunity now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go back and just, like I said, Batman 66 but the dark version that just went off the rails and it was, it was a guilty, I always called it like a guilty pleasure for me. Cause I was like, I shouldn't be enjoying this, but I'm enjoying like the madness of it. And just kind of, I liked how violent it was. I did enjoy that. I'm a, I'm a very, and like, I do enjoy goofy things. So I guess I can put my blinders up on, on a lot of things, <laughs> but, um, but I, I think one more show it can be compared to. It's like, hey, let's try to do a Smallville with Batman. And it's just like, it, you, you didn't do it. But the yeah. last episode is just like the last episode of Smallville. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's like it's like Rocco just said, go build this world on HBO Max like you are. You, you're doing you're doing the GCPD show, which is year two Batman. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it's gonna be year one. Uh, your this Penguin show is in the works apparently in the Which same is world insane because yeah. I, I heard he's only in the movie for like five minutes yeah and now he's yeah, his own show. right but i mean that's maybe maybe it's like oh you got colin farrell to be in this movie for a few minutes what are we gonna give him all right let's give him a show uh this is this this big screen the little screen thing i'm very excited for uh because same. there there's a big potential of getting another joker uh and who knows where they'll introduce him you know probably on the big screen but i'd love to see the shared world i'm excited for the potential unfortunately you know like a scorn lover warner brothers has burned me too many times where i'm (laughs) i'm I'm pessimistically excited about it just go back and 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 give the dark knight a big hug (laughs) well honestly i think and i like you said that earlier bob like gotham was framed like it was going to be like an svu like a law and order and and I, if it was like that set in Gotham where it was episodic, it wasn't like one full story. It was just Bullock and and uh, Gordon. And they're just, you know, there's not a lot of background drama. It's they get called on a case, you know, dun, dun, 
you know, you get the like, you know, yeah, we're in Park Dent building up and the whole thing. Yeah, like uh, we're at Park Row and there's a dead, raped, mutilated body. And, you know, it's it's not always a villain we know of, sometimes just a regular serial killer. And then some episodes will get that nod to like, oh, man, nod to the scarecrow, nod to whatever it is. But instead, they just poured all of them in and it didn't make any sense. Yeah, Bob. Listen, Batman's a great character, and and I I thoroughly enjoy reading Batman, but Batman is such a small aspect of of the whole Gotham universe. I mean, Batman's known for his rogues gallery, but even beyond that, Commissioner Gordon and the Bat family and, and Alfred and all that stuff. If you give me a show about centered around Commissioner Gordon, I'm fine with that. But use that show to show me why he's so respected. Show me why he is the person that Batman you know, depends on and relies on. Show me where that comes from and build that up. And then that would be a better TV show. Instead, you used it as an opportunity to show me Tiny Toons Adventure. I, I love yeah. that. I love that comparison. Bob, have you watched, do you watch Titans? I don't, but I've heard really good things about it. Season this three, season man. is very Gotham centric. Um, first two seasons, I'm okay with. It's got some pacing issues and structure issues, but if you get the season three, whew, whew, some liberties taken. But it's it's pretty awesome. So they're they're retelling Death in the Family and Red Hood, and at first I was nice. like really really scared and. Just like Chris said, they took some liberties, but man, oh man, did they like write them well, very, very well. So check it out. I mean, honestly, skip season one and two. Go right to season three. You're fine. Um, (laughs) I'll fill you in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And then we're going to talk about our last Joker. um, And I'd say right before the honorable mentions, let's talk about the Batman and who we fan cast as the next Joker. Um, Yes. So wow. Cam- Cameron was number six for me. Sorry, Cameron was six. I keep forgetting. It's it's our show, and I keep forgetting. Uh, Cameron was also six for me. Six, man. <laughs> this is so weird, <laughs> but it's great. It works out perfect. Is it though? Is it? <laughs> uh, not much diversity on this show, everyone. Um, <laughs> oh man. So uh, the last one I would say was also a bit controversial. But I mean, if I'm correct, he won the Academy Award just like Heath Ledger did. Um, won an Academy Award uh, post posthumously. Posthumously, is that how you say it? After you die. Yeah, I think so. yeah Phoenix. Obviously, he's. Well, you, you don't know, say anything after you die. Well, that's a good point. Um, obviously. Joaquin Phoenix did not die um, before his portrayal of the Joker. Um, However, oh my God, I, but but remember he is also, his brother tragically died as a young actor. We lost him. Yeah. That was a huge loss. You know, it's just like, it's sad. Go ahead. No, it's sad. (laughs) Um, I'll weep in the corner. I, I loved this movie as I felt it was a piece of art more than anything else. This movie was a study and it was uh, art. It was artwork. Um, there was nothing. There was no levity in this film, from beginning to end. I was sad, and I thought that the movie did that so well that I I loved it. I've only been able to watch it twice because it was. It took a lot for me to watch it again, and not because I didn't love it, because I loved it but because of how incredibly sad and somber that it was, I love the incredible grounded 
version of Joker that we got that I feel this version of Joker could only be delivered by Joaquin Phoenix. Number one, number two, I got really, really mad about he and Bruce Wayne being brothers until at the end, it was left to doubt. So again, another movie that doesn't give us a complete backstory of the Joker, which I like. So at first I was like, Oh, come on, really? And then later on when it was alluded to that, that's possibly not true. I went, aha. So you did that again. You, you thought you told me about the Joker's backstory and then you took it away. And, and I, I loved that Joaquin's performance was unnerving. It was unsettling. There wasn't anything funny about it, which I think they took that dimension away from the Joker. But I think for what they did for what this movie was, they did an amazing job at it. And that's, that's really all I've got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Chris. I want to, I want to ask Bob because you say like Warner brothers, can't deliver but you like this movie right um i do so <laughs> okay <laughs> that's a that's an interesting reaction um so <laughs> i get i guess my point here is like now warren bros is trying to do these different movies like let's do a more serious piece let's do this rated r joker movie a more adult movie let's not try to do an mcu thing we don't have to tie this to any movies. We don't have to say where this Bruce Wayne come, came from or if it's Robert Pattinson or whatever. In this scope of things and these movies that they've been putting out lately, what is your opinion on Warner Brothers versus during the Zack Snyder time? Ooh, that um, I will answer that question first before I give my opinion on Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I, I don't care. Um, I mean, that's the easiest mm -hmm. way of saying it. I, if if you have a property such as, you know, um, Batman or, or really, I mean, I guess all of DC Comics, I I, I don't need a single storyline. I don't need you to spoon feed me. I'm not a moron. Yep. I can take two or three different Batman movies and, and piece them separately in separate universes in my head. If you um, read comics, it's very easy to do. Yeah, it's not hard at all, especially if you get the same actors to play the same characters. Um so yeah, I don't care. Do both. I think it's, it's a good way for you to make money and me as a fan to be happy. So you want me to talk about Joaquin Phoenix or do you want to Bob? Um, it's up to you. I have no problem going first. I'll go first. Cause I, go I can't hold it up. Go um, ahead. So, oh, man. <laughs> spew it. So I'm going to butcher this name. Brian Azario. 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 Yeah. If you have read his version of the Joker, um, which if you haven't, I strongly recommend, but if you have, then I compare it a lot to this movie. I love this movie. I think this movie is a masterpiece. I think it sets out to deliver to you the emotions that it, it, the exact emotions it wants you to feel during this movie. With that being said, I've only seen it once. I don't know if I could watch it again because it's that disturbing, which again is what I think they set out to do. Um, with that being said, if you've kept track along with the show, you'll know that my only spot left is number seven because I don't think Joaquin Phoenix does a good Joker. Amazing movie, amazing performance. And that's coming from somebody who does not like Joaquin Phoenix. I don't think he's a good actor, <laughs> but I think his performance in this movie is in amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I'm worried for him. I hope he sought counseling after this. And if you're a fan of Gutsy Media Podcast, the end of season one, Chris and Casey came on the show and we talked about the Sisters Brothers, which is the film he, he did right before this. 
And during the publicity for the Sisters Brothers, he's, he's getting ready for the Joker, he's skeleton thin. And in some of those publicity uh, uh, team-ups they did, he's, he's uncomfortably laughing in the background. Like it's, it's just, it's creepy that you can see this character steeped into his soul. But again, I don't like this Joker. I don't think it's a good Joker. I don't want to see more Jokers. I, I, I think you could have done this exact same thing and made it character, you know, Jim Franklin, and it would have been just as good. I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, I like though the little nods, like it wasn't Arkham Asylum, it was Arkham Institute. Um, you know, I little... hate that. I hate that stuff. <laughs> Why? Please write, please write GCPD <laughs> on the side of your cop car. It's not GPD. Come on, Christopher Nolan. Uh, Chris, Chris got angry there. Yeah, it's true. Lazy there. It's lazy. It is the GCPD. It always will be. Chris, what are your thoughts <laughs> on Joaquin? I, I've always enjoyed Joaquin Phoenix as an actor. Um, so I will, I will not agree with Bob on that aspect, um, which, which is great. Gladiator. About, you know, all of this. I love Gladiator, but that, that is a good performance too. I, will give I that. but that's before he, something happened to him. He, he is totally gone into like uh, his own psychosis. And I, and when he was announced to play the Joker, I was like, this is, this is the role for him, honestly, because I wanted to see what he can do with it. Mm-hmm. Did I like it? I don't know. Uh, I've watched it twice and I'm just as much disturbed the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to see this movie alone uh, in the theater. Uh, I think it was like noontime and I, and I drank a couple of double IPAs. Yes, and um, all I could sit there and think was like, we, we need to address the mental illness issues in this country because <laughs> that's what I'm not. I, I don't want to laugh, but it's like, it's true. I mean, the Joker just laughed somewhere on this show. <laughs> it's it's, it's an awful. You got impression. it. I told you would have it by the end of the show. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> um, but honestly, guys, I it is the Joker, but it's not. And when I watch this movie, I you know the King Comedy, uh, Taxi Driver, you know both Scorsese films, definitely what what was it, Todd Phillips mm-hmm. did this movie. Definitely mm-hmm. what he borrowed from. I believe Scorsese was attached to this film at one time. At one point. So yeah. it's just, I like this movie for them to step away from the main DC universe and tell this story of Arthur Fleck. And not only that, they're borrowing from the the killing joke. Yes. Right. That little that little um, quote unquote origin. Since killing joke was it is an elseworld tale, but it's not right. So. That's kind of an interesting aspect to that. But also uh, the Dark Knight Returns uh, with Maury, uh, Robert Nero's character, very much kind of like the talk show host on in that in that comic um, mm-hmm. that I think the Joker shoots. Right. So I like the homages that are made. I don't think that Bruce Wayne should have been in this movie. I mm-hmm. think that they did it for the Batman mythos. Fine. Whatever. Doesn't hurt it. But all in all, um, it's he's not the joker to me but he plays a perfect psychopath who just was affected by society and sadly this is what happened and this is what happened is happening every day in this country as well so it's just it hit me on a lot of different notes like besides just the superhero movie which yeah (laughs) no exactly exactly i do have to say i went with my best friend he and i went to go see this movie um, and then he was, we were with two uh, other guys too. And the four of us went to see this. And the thing I remember the most is 
and you know, I'm, I'm not a member of the toxic masculinity, so I don't feel weird even saying this, but when I was watching the movie, I was sitting right next to my friend, my, my best friend, like I said, and I saw the Monarch theater and then on the marquee, it said uh, Zorro's gay blade or the gay blade of Zorro. And for anyone and listen up casuals, that is what Bruce Wayne and his parents went to see at the Monarch theater when they were murdered. So at the end of the Joker movie, when we come to the marquee of the Monarch theater and it specifically says Zorro and the gay blade, I immediately said, I know it's about to happen. And I like grabbed his hand and just squeezed it. <laughs> like, like I just was like, yeah, this like the, here we go here. We, it's like, here we go. Yeah. It's happening. And are we going to get, uh, you know, you were dancing the devil in the pale moonlight. And, and that's, you know what I mean? Because he was there. It was, you know, it was all coming together right there. And we go back to 89 Batman and all of that. Not that I was expecting that, but like my brain was just shooting into a million different places. Um, I gave Joaquin Phoenix a number four. His performance was stunning. Um, it was a version of Joker that I didn't know I wanted to see. And I'm glad I saw. And any actor that has such an impact that I don't want to see the movie, I think is better than anything else because he really invoked some pretty severe trauma and emotion inside of me to only be able to stomach this movie twice. Bob. So I don't know how you guys wanted, wanted to, to handle the honorable mentions, but here's what I suggest. Let's run through our list one through seven real quick to recap and then top it off with their honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. I just, if you guys have any more that you can think of, I put these down uh, a lot of them because they're, from what they're from are great and also recognizable actors in case people don't haven't really realized that they are playing the joker so yeah i mean um real quick i had joaquin phoenix at five okay and you had him bob you had him at seven i had him at seven yep okay cool so before we go before we go to our last break um, let's go ahead and run through all of these where we had them and then when we come back we're going to talk honorable mention and fan casting um, and with that being said, um, how do we want to do this? So Romero, I had a five, four, three, Nicholson. I had a three, three, four, Hamill. I had a one, one, one ledger. I had a two, two, two Leto. I had seven, seven, five Monahan. I had six, six, six and <laughs> Phoenix. I had four. We got the devil's coming. Uh, it's five <laughs> and seven. Awesome. Awesome. With that, we will be right back. When we come back, like I said, we're going to be doing honorable mentions and then fan casting our Joker. We'll be right back. Hey, come take a seat at the campfire. You're not the only one who joins. I've got friends that come over sometimes too. We talk about a ton of interesting things from geek culture Then we cover some conspiracies or philosophical thoughts or monsters. You know, we talked about Bigfoot in one episode. It's a lot of fun, so come join me at the Campfire Chats, a DFAT entertainment podcast hosted on Spotify and other fine places you find podcasts. Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. 
And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. <laughs> a political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like- bad. Listen up, casuals. We are back. We are here um, on our episode. Why so serious? It's a very special episode. We're talking about everyone's favorite clown prince of crime, and we are aided and abetted with our friend <laughs> Bob here from Gutsy Media Podcast. Now we were going to talk about honorable mentions, and then we were going to move into some fan casting um, for the next Joker. Um, so, Chris, can you take us through those honorable mentions? Yeah, I just want to bring up a. The fact again, the Joker has been featured in over 250 productions. Now that's that's incredible. Uh, so there's been many actors who played him over the years. This is just a handful uh, that I that I came up with uh, that people can relate to, and maybe you know you've watched these TV shows or whatever, and, and you're like, oh man, this guy played the Joker. So let me start with Larry Storch. If you guys remember the early DC animated movies, the Scooby Doo movies, that that was the guy. Uh, I was always on the impression it was Cesar Romero, but it wasn't, uh, but Larry Storch was probably one of the earliest voices of the Joker. Um, next up, we took we mentioned the Arkham games uh, after Mark Hamill uh, hung up his uh, his uh, suit. Troy Baker took over. Uh, so in or- Arkham Origins, he he played the Joker, and then from then on, he's played the Joker in many different things. Uh, he's even played Batman as well. So Troy Baker has really taken over. Uh, kind of both roles, which is interesting. I imagine, like in a in a voice booth, those like him talking to himself as both roles. Yeah, those are some great games. Yes, they are. They are. Um, Kevin Kevin Michael Richardson, I countless countless roles in in voice acting. Um, he was just recently even in like Motu Revelation. So going back hundreds of roles, but he played the Joker in the the Batman. Uh, which was an I I liked that show that was kind of interesting I believe that was the one where every all the villains knew like martial arts but it was kind of weird in that aspect but it was still has some good stories probably probably my second to third favorite animated of all the Batman's um, John DiMaggio who played Bender on Futurama mm-hmm. he was the Joker in Under the Red Hood which is arguably the best DC animated movie there is uh, yeah well, wow that's a that's a bold that's a bold statement. DC's got some amazing animated uh, movies. Exactly. And that's that's the thing about DC and their animated movies. They're, there's probably a few flukes, but they've always been solid on mm-hmm. that side. But I love that telling, um, and I think they did a great job. And Brett Spiner, who played Data on Star Trek The Next Generation, he played the Joker in Young Justice. And that's a really great animated show if you guys have not watched that. Um, I do recommend it. It's it's awesome. It is on HBO Max. Alan Tudyk, we were talking about the Harley Quinn animated show. Alan Tudyk is a gift. Um, I love him in Doom Patrol. I I think I first met him in Firefly, but he's just, he's such a great actor. Uh, a lot of fun and just really puts it all into his role. So I, I, I love that he was able to play the Joker. I love everything um, he's ever done. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last up, Michael Emerson from Lost. The Dark Knight Returns, the animated two-part movie. Uh, he plays the older Joker, and he's a very more soft-spoken, aged Joker. And I, I actually really like that role. Um, yeah, this that is one of my Joker. 
This was one of my honorable mentions. I really like this version as well. Nice, nice. Now, those are mine. Did you get, you said you had two, Bob? I did have two. You you forgot one, which is my number one honorable mention. I'm glad I did. Zach that- Galifianakis. Damn it! I was gonna say that the Lego Batman movie. I, yes, I loved it. he's mine. I mean, it's it's hilarious. He does a great like just the entire performance. I think is great. Casting him was a genius idea. Um, one, one of my favorite uh, Lego movies is the Batman one. Oh, and Will Arnett. So shout out to him as well as Batman. He's almost as as iconic as Batman as some of the other greats. Yes. Uh, absolutely, dude. Lego Batman was such an awesome surprise. Um, obviously, I have two young children, um, but my daughter is perfectly fitting the age group for that the Lego movies. And she's like, Daddy, let's watch Lego Batman. And I'm just like, oh, I love Batman. And I love Legos. Um, I know this is supposed to be a kid's movie, but man, oh, man, I'm telling you, not even five minutes into the movie, I was already laughing hysterically. And then just like, you know, just the whole movie, just such a such a great movie. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, yeah. What do you want to do, Rocco? I think you uh, you have a challenge for us, right? Challenge of the super friends. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, things that people love to do on the internet, um, mostly folks that live in their parents' basement, uh, love to fan cast. And when their fan cast doesn't happen, they typically grumble about it. But the thing is, is the guys in here. We we love our media. We love what we do, and we don't have time to sit here and gripe and grumble. But what we do have time to do is fan cast, and that's what we're going to do right now. So um, I just use this as a guideline, but you don't have to, of course. But with, in the advent of the Batman with Robert Pattinson coming out, we do have more Batman coming, and with more Batman, inevitably will come another joker whether it is part of this new film series or whether it is not um but where where do, who do we see as a joker um so chris you say you had yours uh, um who who would you fan cast as the joker so i've always wanted i'll give i'll give both of your answers because i did think of another one that would fit probably into uh the batman but i'm gonna go with first uh, an actor who I thought and always wished could have that would have played the Joker is Willem Dafoe. That's that's, that's really I, all the mock-ups I've seen online. When he played the Green Goblin, his he's in, he can play an insane person. He's got the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I always wanted to see that happen, and who knows, maybe we will. But um, he is in the DC family now, so with with Aquaman, so who knows? Um, for the Batman. I had this this thought. I'm a I'm a big Ethan Hawke fan. I'd like to see Ethan Hawke play the Joker. Wow, that is quite. Uh, I I never would have thought of Ethan Hawke. As for mine, it's funny that you say Willem Dafoe because I was going to say for an older Joker, uh, I would love to see Willem Dafoe um, as the Joker. So 100% agree with you there. Um, people are going to get mad at me for this, and I, I don't care if you're mad or not. I think that this man is one of the most gifted method actors. And I think that to play the Joker correctly, you need to be a severely gifted method actor. If you take my, if you take my guy Rocco, I swear to God. Oh man. I'm like afraid to say, cause I know we're like, like the, we're like the for three jokers you, here. Like we are all on the right? same wavelength. I hope not. See, I for, was glad I didn't get your honorable mention. So let's, let's pray. Let's so pray here. for those of you that don't know, 
it is very, very easy for Bob to kick my ass. So I am like really scared <laughs> of I'm what big, to say here. I'm a big teddy bear. I know. I, if you kick my ass, I don't know if I'd enjoy it. But anyway, um, <laughs> don't be mad. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Johnny Depp. Oh, it's not who I was going to pick. Okay. I've always wanted to see Johnny Depp play the Joker. I don't know what it is, but the man seems to melt into every role that he has given. Um, I think I think he would do Heath Ledger justice, not as a replacement, but in terms of the method acting. Um, I think Johnny Depp would melt directly into the Joker role. I think with makeup, I think he could do it. I think Johnny Depp could be equally funny as terrifying. I think he I think he would be absolutely terrifying as the Joker. And I would love to see him as the Joker in the Batman um, specifically, I would love to see him go toe to toe with Pattinson's brutal Batman. Um, and that's, I think what we're getting out of the Batman is absolute brutality, um, which is what I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, uh, Johnny Depp is, is my answer. Um, Bob, I know you were excited. You wanted to go last, um, lots of pressure. So don't disappoint. Lots of pressure. So first off, two great picks. I, I agree with both of you guys. I think both those actors would make amazing jokers. So here's why I wanted to go last. Because I, I didn't just cast a Joker. I cast almost the entire rogues gallery here. I love it. So I'm so excited. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. Do. I want to start with the Joker. But on a twist, I cast it what I thought was the best pick and then realized the actor that I cast it sadly passed away. So I actually have two picks. The first one that I would like to have seen would have been Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he would have done a great job as Joker. I think he's a, he's a good actor that could have played a very scary funny um but being as he's passed away here's my controversial pick nick cage yes i think oh. he's nick cage is yes. crazy the man's crazy he played a great joker um he's got wow. the voice he's got to work on the voice a little bit but i think nick cage would be a good joker now are you ready yes penguin <laughs> paul giamatti yes paul giamatti yes scarecrow adrian brody yeah, yeah. wow Mr. Freeze, Jeremy Irons. Oh, wow. Yeah. From Alfred to Freeze. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Bane, you can only go with the mountain. I I think from Game of Thrones, um, I forgot his real name. Actually, I think his real name is like Thor or something. Um, Strongest man in the world. Yeah, he's got to be a towering figure, and I think he'd be a great Bane. Um, Catwoman, uh, another Game of Thrones alumni, Leon. Leon? Uh, Headley, Le- Lena Headley, yeah, Lena Headley, Lena Headley, yes, yeah. I mean, she'd be a good Catwoman. Oh, wow, and lastly, uh, Two Face Javier Bardem as Two Face. Oh, yes, my pick. Um, oh my god, <laughs> I was I was personally excited about the Paul Giamatti thing as Penguin. I think he'd be perfect. I like that. I don't know, I but like I also Giamatti. see Philip Seymour Hoffman as a penguin, as penguin. Ooh, in his, he- too. In yeah. his, yeah, in his heavier, in his heavier years. Just talk about Philip a great Seymour actor Hoffman. that we lost out on. I mean, he was just phenomenal. Such a great actor. Yeah, third one on this show. Man, Philip Seymour Hoffman as the Mad Hatter. Ooh. Oh. See, this is this is a thing. Like, this is why I want Batman as a serial. So we can get these weird villains that that WB doesn't want to put on the big screen. Yeah. It's like, dude, you ruined killer croc. <laughs> you know, they did. but they did justice with the polka dot man. I love yeah, that. But that I want to see pig, man. I want to see. Oh, pig. Yes. oh my God. You know how I think that they could make that so terrifying. 
Yeah. I think that like pig would be like a silence of the lambs kind of thing. For sure. I did like pig on Gotham. I'll tell you that. Okay. I, I don't remember pig on Gotham, but I remember. He was on the later seasons. You didn't watch because you gave up. Yes, I did. Um, but, <laughs> um, I loved uh, the boss fight with pig uh, in uh, Arkham Knight. Yeah. That was scary, man. Yeah, that was a good one. And I think that would also fit into the Batman again. Um, I have a lot of high hopes for this film. Um, you know, lastly, I, I just want to talk about it for a second, if you guys don't mind. Um, I, I have such high hopes for this movie. I have a weird sneaking suspicion we're, we're going to see the Court of Owls. Um, something is is telling me that we're going to there's going to be some type of mention to it. Um, I can't get and I replayed the scene so many times where he beats the shit out of that uh, dude. And while he's on the ground, he just still keeps pummeling him. And then he said, who are you? And he's I am vengeance. And it, it like it gave me goosebumps and it still does. Um are you guys excited for this? What are you? Are you nervous? Yeah, Chris. Those dudes he beats up, those, those are Joker thugs, right? It looks like it, it looks like it, right? So it'd be interesting the Joker already exists in this world in a way. Um, since we're in year two by the movie. If you don't mind, I, I'll go real quick. I just sure I'm I'm very excited for this movie. I think that we we are in deservance of a true Batman detective movie, which is what it looks like to me. Uh, and from what I've read, like read about it and heard about it, three hours, the first cut that they, they all watched. It's just, it's scary. It's a horror movie. I, I want to be scared when I watch a Batman movie. I love all of the Batman movies, but none of them have exactly hit that sweet spot yet. Uh, yeah. And, and they've actually called it um, seven, but in the, but yeah. with Batman, Bob, you were gonna say that it's perfect. I mean, it, it, like I was, I was very hesitant about this movie. I'm not a Robert Pattinson fan. I don't think he's a very good actor. Um, although I tend to be in the minority on that. Um, but when I saw the preview and when I've uh, read a lot of the reviews, it they they're talking horror movie. They're talking very dark. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, my first introduction to Batman is uh, rooting for him as he's beating up the thugs in the Tim Burton movie. So I'm fine with a horror movie Batman, but, but I also want some of that detectiveness. Um, and I heard we're getting that as well. So I have high hopes. But again, Warner Brothers. So we will see. I, I, I've, I've put more trust in the Warner Brothers as of late. I know you're not there yet, Bob. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I've just been heard too many times, Chris. I know, right? I know, I know. Um, it's also interesting that this is going to take place on Earth Two, which is outside of you know everything that they've been making uh, around and after the Zack Snyder time. So, I, you know, this, I, I, and I like Matt Reeves a lot. I think that he's a good director, and I'm excited to see this. This like he he's very scrutinous about his filmmaking. So, can yeah. we just can we just point out that that Marvel spent ten years meticulously crafting a multiverse yeah and dc backed into it because they're like well shit we canned the first one started a second one the first one became popular again so now i guess we have two of them <laughs> which is crazy because dc was the original multiverse it's right. it's what they're all about and it's just like and they just they they, they messed up so much and they made so many stupid mistakes that they let marvel beat them to it and now yeah. loki is one of the greatest things I've ever watched and it's like, here, this is your 101 to any multiverse. Please watch this show and understand how to tell different stories with different characters off yeah. the same 
tight. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, but I mean, listen up casuals. If you're looking at movies, Marvel has, has put out, put out superior product. If you're looking at comics, DC has consistently put out superior product period. now I read Marvel and I read DC, but if you look at my poll lists, my DC poll list is literally five times the size of my Marvel pull list. My Marvel pull list is very specific. It's very small. My DC pull list is gigantic and that should tell you something. I mean, it's good, good. It's they're great comics, but Marvel has just been able to do what DC cannot in the films and their films are just superior. Yeah. I mean, period with that good job, Kevin with, Feige. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, with that being said, uh, before we go, um, do we have any plugs? Uh, Bob, before the plugs, actually, thanks so much for being here. I can't I tell you. you guys. Thanks for having me. It means a lot to us that you're here. Uh, you know, we kind of started the show out of a labor of love, and now we want to start adding guests. And it's just an honor to have you here as our first guest. So just thank you for that. Um, and tell us about what you do, you sexy man. Listen, it's an honor to be your first guest. Thank you guys so much for having me on and, and trusting me with that, you know, grave responsibility. Um, it's a lot of pressure and, uh, you know, I, I developed an eating disorder. So that uh, happened recently and not that there's a connection. That happens um, all the time here. Listen, I'm actually, I'm enjoying my vacation. Uh, uh, Chris and Casey were nice enough to give me two whole days off. So <laughs> I've been really enjoying that. Uh, season two wrapped not that long ago and we're getting ready to dive into season three got a lot of special things uh, planned for you guys um, the first big one being defat wars coming up soon i'm excited about that i know you guys are as well and uh yeah check us out gutsy media podcast uh wherever you download your podcast awesome freaking awesome yeah and i can attest to this if you like movies and you like podcasts just you should be listening to gutsy media you should already be listening to it so uh Please check them out. Chris, what about you? What do you have to plug? I'm going to plug Defia Entertainment uh, with two shows I do, Tawai Talk and Star Warriors Podcast, which you're also a part of, Rocco. I am. Uh, so we have uh, group discussions. Rocco just led a great live show all about the Bad Batch season one. Uh, that episode will be up this Sunday. And uh, Tawai Talk, my friend Casey and I, we've been doing it since 2015. We're over 200 episodes Come get your uh, dosage of the geekly news. Right on. Right on. Yes. Star Warriors and Telllight Talk are awesome shows. Uh, I'm more partial to Star Warriors, but, you know, because I'm on it. Um, <laughs> myself, uh, I am your rockness monster from the show Critical Mass. Um, get your weekly uh, dose of trash, which is what our show is. Um, we do pop culture, politics, and all kinds of stupidity with a little baby keyboard. Um, you'll know what that means if you listen to the show. Uh, myself and my co-host, Dan, we just don't have anything else better to do, so we do a podcast. Um, so make sure you're listening to that. And, of course, um, you know, Star Warriors, as Chris had already mentioned, and everything and anything on DFAT, check it out. With that being said, uh, make sure you're always listening up, casuals, and support your local comic shop. Entertainment.